I am now very honored, and I know everybody's so excited about this, to introduce to you Lynn Forbes. Um, a little bit of background for those of you who don't know. Lynn Forbes is the mother, of course, of the well-known hip-hop artist, a.k.a., who was brutally murdered on the 10th of February this year. The entire country stood still as we were all shocked and traumatized by the murder of this young African star who was putting our country and the continent on the global map through his music. So how does crime affect the lives of our youth, you ask? It robs the nation of talent, as we saw with AKA. It robs the nation of purpose and leadership. It robs the continent of its future. It robs children of their fathers and mothers of their sons. We now talk to Lynn to find out how her family is doing and get her take on the impact of crime on our young people. Lynn, good morning and thank you so much for joining us on Radio Pulpit and Cape Pulpit. Emily, thank you. Good morning to you too. Thank you so much for having me. We are very excited to talk to you, but I can't start without just asking you, how are you really doing? How are you doing? I like it when people say that, not just how are you doing, but how are you really doing? Um, We are in mourning, we are in pain, but we are in a good space with very, very bad moments, but... um, that's the best way I can probably describe it right now, um, just taking it one day at a time. And yet somehow you still manage to get strength, to get up, get dressed and face the world. I mean, you were even accepting awards recently on behalf of Keenan. You are addressing his supporters. You are doing interviews to encourage the nation. How do you get through those moments and how do you get the strength to do all of this? Yeah, I think you need to have an understanding of what your role is. I'm, um, you know, without the sounding as if I think I am, you know, something bigger than anybody else or better than anybody else. I am the mother of AKA. I, um, for me, it's skin, and I am. I, it comes with responsibility. It comes with a with an understanding of what you your role is and why you've been chosen to be mom in the first place, you know. Mm. So I can't, I don't have the luxury of, um, you know, staying in my room, staying in bed for three, four, five, six, seven days at a time. I have a responsibility not just towards my family and his legacy and his um, followers and supporters. I have a responsibility towards the nation mm-hmm. because that is, those are the people who looked up, um, you know, to him and for guidance and the youth. And there's there's this whole legacy, his fan base, who um, who are also in mourning. So I also have to understand that this wasn't just my son. This was a son that did belong to the country and the world and Africa as a whole. Mm. And therefore, I do need to be cognizant of those facts. But it's hard. It's not easy. I want people to understand. People always tell me how strong and resilient and courageous I am. I am. And I think, yes, I will take resilient and courageous, but I don't think I'm strong. I'm just a mom that's really going through a lot of pain at the moment. Mm. And it is your son. I mean, AKA belong to the world, actually, as you said. But at the end of the day, as you alluded to now, you are also going through grief. And I like how you, even on your social media, share quite openly about your moments of grief. I do want to ask yes. you, what is it that gets you through those moments and into the position where you are able to get back up again? 
Uh, it is really just understanding that, you know, <laughs> to be honest with you, let me be real with you, there is mm-hmm. so much that has to be done. There is so much that has just shifted onto, firstly, my shoulders and the shoulders of the family. So um, I don't think I even think about it. I just know that, you know, I'm needed. Mm-hmm. There's a purpose and there's a role that I have to fulfill. And um, I don't know, you know, now that you're actually asking me that question, I think it's just I get up in the morning because there's something, there's purpose. I, I need to get up because something has to happen. Uh, some somebody is waiting for an answer from me. I need to get to a meeting because if I don't, all of this will just fall flat. So I think it's about purpose and understanding your role. That really is it for me. It's not a lot of thought that goes into it. It's just who I am. And I think who I've been groomed in many ways, I now realize. And I said, as I said to you, I think children choose their parents. I think. I was chosen for this role, mm. Mm. and now I need to step into that role in you know with everything that I can bring to it. And, and I, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. I am, uh, you know, I I had a conversation with somebody yesterday, and I said I I am at the moment. I'm fearful actually because I don't know. Uh, it's very uncertain. There's a lot of uncertainty that comes with it. So. I want people to understand that I'm not just a strong person. I'm just a mom, and I, I, I've got a lot of fears, and I'm, I'm uncertain about certain things. But the one thing that I know without a doubt is that I'm needed and this purpose, and I have to fulfill that purpose and make it come to reality uh, in terms of his legacy, for instance. And then there's a family and his, and his daughter. You know, she's got a mom yeah, and all of that. But I've always played a big role in her life, and he played an enormous role in her life, and he loved her so much. So... I need to keep this together for her too mm. and for the rest of my family. Mm. Um, we're going to talk about Cairo and, and your role as Glammy in her life as well. But mm. I want you to tell me about the role that God plays in your healing uh, through this yeah. process. Yes. So that's always, I think, and I'm going to be very real about this because mm-hmm. I, I want to speak to people that have gone through similar things. And I think for me, not think, I know, that I have, you know, there's also a life. Uh, I've gone through a lot of challenges, many, many challenges in my life. And I, I know, I don't know if you know that. I'll just mention it. So I went through childhood sexual abuse as a as a young girl, 12 years old. And I have had a very love, kind of love-hate relationship with God mm-hmm. <laughs> all my life, you know. And mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I've always I've, I've questioned God a lot. And I've, at some point, I just, really didn't like God at all and I've mm-hmm. asked him you know why have you, you know why do these things happen so I find myself or I have found myself I'm getting better now with it again but I found that I because I I know how to kind of get back to asking the questions now first I'll say to you I've I've always seen myself as um as a I've always been a very spiritual person and I I do believe in God and I and I speak to God and, but I don't know, you know, it, it's been a long time that I've really identified to any specific religion. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm, I'm a, I'm a child of God. I operate from a place of love. I think that everything that God is about, and that for me is the biggest thing that God symbolizes for me is love. Mm-hmm. 
and forgiveness and understanding and no judgment and that kind of thing. So I, I do believe I'm, I'm very much a, a child of God in mm-hmm. that way because I do the things that God would want from his children. So, um, so let me tell you what it is and how God is, the role that God has played. So I have had many questions. First, mm-hmm. it was anger. I was just angry with God. Mm-hmm. Um, when my, when I heard that my son was brutally murdered, assassinated, just left to die on a street in Durban. My first reaction towards God was, not again. You haven't done it again. And I just don't know if you even exist. I don't like you. I am so angry with you. And that was, and I think that's a human reaction. If we want to be honest about it, as human beings going through trauma like that, that's your first reaction. And that went on for quite a while. And then eventually, you know, people, um, people really would say to me, you know, this is God's plan for your life and you know God God is always there and you must just believe that there's a plan for this and I it made me even more angry because I couldn't understand that the God that I identify with the God that I talk to um, would have that kind of plan for my life or any of the other really terrible things that's happened in my life before that that would be his plan so one day I my son became, you know, you know, like my son had an amazing relationship with God at the time that he died, and mm. he spoke about it freely and openly. And his spiritual leader, Cabello mm. Babalani, I called him or his wife Gail. I said, I, I need you to come and see me because I am. There's just so many questions. So they came and they spent some time with me and Nadia. And Nadia was also very angry with God. And we just sat for the whole evening and we talked. And I said to him. I'm really struggling with certain things, and I've got so many questions uh, mm. for God. And how, where is God in all of this? Mm-hmm. And I said, I just get so angry, and people tell me that this is God's plan. And he said to me, No, this is not God's plan. You know, God, this is not what God does. This is the work of the devil. Yeah. And it brought me peace in that moment. Uh, and I also realized that what I have been doing, I, I've been. I've allowed myself to be caught up in the the human things, you know, the things that people say, the Mm. things how people interpret all that. And in all of that, I have lost track of where God sits Mm. with all of this. And um, then I explored it a bit more, and there was actually this movie that I watched, which I know it's just a movie, it's called The Shack, and I don't know if you've seen it before. Um, And... The one thing in there was about where God, you know, in the movie, where the the man that lost his child, he, God wants him to forgive the person who killed his child. Mm. And I, um, you know, that was very, very important for me. I know it's just a movie, but for me in that moment, it, it opened my eyes and my understanding of where my relationship with God should be. Mm-hmm. Relationship, sorry. And uh, because the, the man asked, God, do you just want him to get away with murdering my child? And God said, no, nobody ever gets away with anything. Mm. There's always consequences for whatever you do. But the lesson for me in that was that as human beings, we can't be the judge of what must happen to another person that has done you wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that we, you know, forgiveness is actually freeing for us. It, It frees us more than it frees the person that has done the injustice to you. 
And God's role is always, because everybody's God's child. God loves all his children, and even the person who killed my son is God's child. Even the person who paid for the bullet is God's child. So for me, it gave me more peace watching that in understanding, because I have forgiven. I have, and I think the way, I think my spirituality is what, um, you know, is something that is not for me something that I, advertise in terms of, oh, I'm this big mm-hmm. human, you know, this Christian person. But I have a very personal, rela- my my relationship with God is very personal. And I have conversations with God like I would have with my dad yeah. Yeah. in yeah. my car when I'm talking. And when, so after that movie, I had a conversation with God, not on my knees, not just saying, you know, thank you for that lesson. Thank you for showing me and giving me that answer because I realized that, I have to forgive. Um, I'm not the judge of somebody else's wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, and that I have to let it go so that, be, and I have to accept the reality of what happened to my family and to my son. Doesn't mean I can't be angry. Doesn't mean I don't feel hurt. Doesn't mean I think it's okay. Doesn't mean that I don't want justice, mm-hmm. but it's not on my terms. I hear you. I hear you. So that is, I mean, in a nutshell, I can go on about it for a long time. So I think that is where I am at the moment with my relationship with God. I'm mm-hmm. exploring and I'm I'm looking at the signs being sent to me. I have got my son's Bible next to my bed and I, I look at things that is highlighted and I get messages through it. And I take on board what works for me. And right now, it really is also a very selfish thing. It's not about anybody else. It's Mm -hmm. not about what other people think I should be doing uh, and how I should process this. But it's about what is working for Lynn Forbes in this moment of mourning her son. And how, and my relationship with God for me at the moment is a very personal one. Yeah, yeah. I, I must tell you, Lynn. All of us obviously were just so shocked and touched and really grieved by the passing of Keenan. But that day at the memorial, when I saw Cabello on the stage and I heard him talking about how he's been mentoring and walking with Keenan, for some reason I found peace within myself. Yeah. About, I was just happy that he found God and he found Jesus, and and, and it might not Mm. have been a public display. But Mm. in his personal, in his inner room, he found God, he found Jesus, and we know where he is. And I pray that um, even through his passing, I mean, if for some reason, somehow, it could bring you closer to God and bring you healing after everything you've been through, as you spoke about earlier, then, I mean, that purpose would be even greater than the impact of millions that he had had and millions and millions of people over the years. So I'm very, very happy to hear that you are on the this personal journey with God. But I want to ask you about how you feel about the impact of crime on our youth. I mean, Keenan's murder was public, and I can just imagine the trauma that you went through having to witness this mm. horrendous crime. It was circulated all over social mm. media. Talk to me about the impact of crime on our youth, especially out of your experience. So firstly, out of my experience, you know, I think it's just, I think, let's start with social media. I think Social media can be so positive and it can have, we can, we can use it for so much good, but I think there's the other side that's really very evil actually and very um, damaging. 
Because having a, a video like that circulate on social media with no regard to how it actually affects the people that are closest to this person, and um, you know, and people just clicking, 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 and it's consuming it and just spreads all over the place. I haven't watched the full video. I decided not to, but unfortunately, because I do a lot of work on social media, um, I stumbled upon the shorter version, which I couldn't avoid, and I actually watched my son being executed right in front of my eyes. So it's a very painful thing. But, um, so I do think that our, that our society has decayed or is decaying um, in terms of just our principles and our values. We we need to find a way back to, and I, I'm saying this because this is what Kenneth is said to me in the end when you really found God, he said, Mom, what I've, what I've understood more than anything else in this journey with God mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, my own spiritual development is that family is still the most important thing. Yes. And we need to come back to family. And I think if we could just as a society and as the youth find our way back to family first and then within that, Obviously, there's your, your, and you know, for me, there's a lot. It's not just God. Every family is different, and what we believe in, there's different religions, there's mm. different everything. But I think once you get back to family, because the core of family is love and protection, mm. and um, there's some sort of connection to a higher purpose and a higher being and, and, and a creator in every family. And those values, I think, is what we need to try and get back to. Absolutely. Because, and, 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 and if, if there's one message I can send out to the youth today is to, to try and find your way back to what matters, mm. and that is the family. And within that family, you will find the connection to, to, your, to what, what God represents for you within your family. So with Kenan, for instance, I will, if I can tell the youth, um, because they looked up to him, is that he became a light. He, you know, you could see that he had found something new mm. and something different. It showed in even the way he interacted with his family. It showed in how he wanted us around him all the time. Mm. He was sad when we had to leave. He, his, his, his spirituality and his relationship with God brought him back to family. And it brought him, not that he ever left family, but it was just that you could see the difference, the connection. And the light that came out of him was something beautiful. And that has brought me a lot of peace. So that's another thing. So I know that his relationship to God, with God and, and at the time that he left this earth mm-hmm. was... So I, you know, I'm not sitting here. People ask me about closure, but I don't need closure. I know how my son died, but I also know where you went. Amen. Yes, yes, that's right. I know who my son is. And for me, that is the most peaceful thing. I Because, I, you know, I can see him getting up in the morning in heaven and, you know, going around, doing his, you know, being Kenan, and he's just at peace. Because mm-hmm. how is he on earth? We are in health, you know, but Canaan is in heaven. Yeah, no, and no, no, and I mean, we are really so afraid for our lives. Uh, there's crime everywhere. Yeah. I, I want to ask you, and I'm hoping that our connection will last. We are running out of time, but I want to ask okay. you, what would your advice be to mothers whose sons or daughters are also victim, victims of crime? I mean, we see so many young people, perhaps not being victims of murder, but robberies mm. are rife. The drug problems yeah. that we are having in our communities also lead to a lot of crime. What would your advice be to mothers? 
mothers that have lost their children mothers whose children are victims of crime in in, in our communities victims uh, of the drug lords victims of yeah. robberies yes yeah. I, I, I think it's difficult I think uh, you know when when you've lost your child I think the, the easiest advice I can give is you need to find a way to accept it as soon as possible mm-hmm. so that you can go on and you don't get, get consumed by it but I think in terms of mothers who, whose children are finding themselves in difficult situations, I think all you can really do is be there for your children and not judge them, but be there and and be the person that they can reach out to and, and find comfort in. I think the worst thing a mother can be is become a stranger to her child. Mm, 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 mm. That is so deep. The worst thing a mother can do is be a stranger to her child. I want to ask you um, in closing, Lynn, what um, has changed in the way that you are uh, raising Cairo in in the season after uh, what Keenan has been through, after his murder? Did anything change the way uh, perhaps everything is still the same? (laughs) I I don't think. I think uh, we've always been a family that is, Operating from a that operates from a place of love. I think maybe a little bit. Maybe now we we might yearn the you know allow a little bit more spoiler, a little bit more just because <laughs> you know. But I think no. I think in fact, what you need to do more, or what we are doing more, is we are more clear about the importance. Because remember, Cara comes from a blended family, so yeah. it is about showing her even more now. I think what. What she has been seeing since her dad died is not division, but more unity mm-hmm. between her mom and Bongani, her mom's uh, new new husband, mm-hmm. um, or not even new, it's her first husband, okay. Nadia, myself. So there's more. This, the family, because we call all of them family, we have become even tighter, even closer, and it's important for Carter for her safety, for her security, for her understanding of family pools together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so I, I don't believe, Cairo, we didn't want to change anything. One of the first things Zinclair said to me when Ken and Dad was, I want you to know that nothing will change. Cairo will still come and stay with you one week like she did before and one week with me. Like it's, nothing is changing because we have to keep everything intact for her because as a family, we always focus on the children and once we focus on the children, life becomes amazing. Mm. It's always it's always our motto that the children are the focus of everything. Uh, obviously, understanding that's also the interpersonal relationships between you and your husband and, and these boundaries and all of that. But we, for us, it's about creating a safe, secure place for Cairo and Asante now because there's another child around. Yes, yes. So nothing else has changed and we are even more aware of making sure that she doesn't because kids are very, very clever. They will know, oh, something happened here. We can Maybe I can manipulate them a little bit more here and there. So you need to look out for those things as well. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just about making sure that they are in a secure environment and that means, you know, Keep the rules there, make sure they understand because children operate better within a place where there's guidance. Guidance, you know? yes, guidance is she so She also good. understands. Yeah, we were, we were clear. And she also, no, we're not saying, oh, daddy's with Jesus now or this, that. You know, you need, 
children of two things about children that I've learned in this for me is that they in the moment, you know, they very much live in the moment. So we are feeling all of these emotions, all of that. But Kakara is just she moves from moment to moment, you know, yes, yes. and she lives in the moment. And then, and then also um, another thing for me is that you know you just need to understand that. Don't try and reinvent everything. Just keep it constant. Mm-hmm. It's the best place for children to, to work from. Keep it steady. So yeah. Keep it we steady. Just keep for it steady and we love her. We just love and she knows that she's loved everywhere in, well, in all parts of this family. And on all parts of the country as well. We're all team Cairo yes, yes. all the way. Lynn Forbes, thank you so much. Of course, um, the whole court case is still going on and we'll keep an eye on that. We're praying for you. We're praying for your family. And I pray that God will continue to bless you and use you. Um, I think your purpose is also coming to life right now. Use you. He's already using me. More than ever before. <laughs> thank you so much. God bless yeah. you. Thank you so much. But remember, he's already using me, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. He also used <laughs> you mightily you. today. Thank you so much. If you just tuned in, that was the voice of Lynn Forbes. We're going to take a quick music break. Uh, we're going to listen to Sean P. with Channel of Blessings. But before I do that, let me thank those of you who's been giving. Joey gave 150 rand. Donkey, 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 Joey. Bye, donkey, for that. You can steeds betaal. Donkey, Richard, da, wat sê? Hy het reeds betaal. As jy ook wil gee vandag, as Blief toch, doen het nou vir my. Stuur die woord GIVE. Gevolg dier die bedrag wat jy wil gee na 37871 standaard SMS tariewe geld.